Right. Welcome to Composure in the Box. Uh, we have an extended version uh, for you today. You're generally used to our Composure in the Box shorts. We've uh, got on the line with me two big, big, um, okay, well, in my world, biggest, two of the biggest Liverpool fans that I know. Um, we've been meaning to do um, a podcast of this nature just to talk about the incredible season that Liverpool were having before uh, the pandemic stopped everything football-wise um, and paused Liverpool's punishing streak on the on the Premier League and um, other competitions. So basically, we're just going to have a chat with these guys um, who've given us uh, their time, uh, Mr. Simba Tema and Evaristo Joao. Gents, um, Evaristo, uh, why don't you go ahead, just introduce yourself, give us your social medias where our followers can follow you and maybe uh, as part of your introduction, tell us the moment you fell in love with uh, with Liverpool, because I do know you've got a bit of an interesting story. I think you liked Manchester United a bit before yeah. jumping onto Liverpool. Go, go ahead. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, my, so my name is Evaristo. Um, you can catch me on my my all my social media handles are Johnny underscore Infinite. That's Johnny underscore. So, um, so, so I've been a, a Liverpool fan since about six two thousand one. Um, before that, like. Like you mentioned before, um, I was a Manchester United supporter. Um, I don't think there was anyone who didn't support Manchester United in, in, in 1999. Uh, you can prove me wrong. <laughs> so um, after uh, after the, the 1999 season, um, uh, after that, that mess of United went um, in a dip. For me, that someone I believe is, is the best goalkeeper in the history of the game, Peter Schmeichel. So after he left, I actually don't support the team. I support the person. And that's when I look for, for a team. That happened to be 2001 when, when, um, when, when Liverpool got that, that um, FA Cup, League Cup, um, UEFA Cup um, treble. All right. All right. Thanks. Um, Simba, you, uh, your, your chance. Yeah, brilliant. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, um, Simba Tema. You can probably search for me on all media platforms under Simba Tema. I'm there on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my history with Liverpool is is really from the days of fans. I think being in in, uh, in Zimbabwe, I just was that was following the English Premier League, and obviously I was just like, "Yo, I'm a fan of this uh, this only black guy I can see playing playing for for Liverpool for for any English club at the time." And then, of course, the love was further solidified when it was it was the days of uh, of Bruce Grobler, Spider-Man. So it was just an easy sort of mix for me just to start following this team where there was a Zimbabwean playing and then Liverpool at the time was... We were still underdogs, but we were relatively, you know, there or thereabouts winning the title. Uh, in, our, in our house, the biggest fans, my father is a big Man United fan, so it was quite... It was quite a tough rivalry for us. But then, yeah, it was easy going. So I've been supporting Liverpool from from about the mid nineties through all the tough times and uh you're gonna be our first championship this year. Did you guys Simba, catch Yeah, I got you, I got you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. So now just oh. that's my introduction. Sorry, then oh. uh yeah, that's uh, I'm as passionate as they come. Okay, thank you, thank you for for the introduction, gentlemen. Uh, Ivarista, as you can see, uh, Simba is a bit of an old head talking about uh, loving the team since nice. the days of Bruce Grobler, and uh, you know he's his, he's an elder statesman, if you can put it that right. way. Um, right. So basically, I think that this season has been very exciting for for you guys. Um, 
a lot of a lot has happened. I think there's been a sort of a build up to it. I think getting Salah, getting all those goals that one season, getting close the season before, and now being in a position where you are, it's it's, it's been um, how can, uh, if I can put it like it's been going up the stairs, you know, one stair to the next. I think my first question would be. With the way last season ended, uh, what would you say was your, real, your realistic uh, expectation for this season? Did you expect to win the league? Did you expect to just challenge for it based on how it all ended last season? Uh, who would you like to go first? I sure. can go first. Uh, you can go first. Sure, you can go, sure. Yeah, you can go first. Um, so, um, I, th- I think a realistic expectation would have been, look, um, we can't run away from the fact that um, Jürgen Klopp has um, some level of, if I can call it PTSD, from number one, from all the cup finals that is lost, um, and then um, number two, from the, the losing the, the league on the last day of the season, last season. So um, the realistic expectation for me would have been that um, he was going to take a very cautious, pragmatic approach. Um and my belief was he was going to go for the for, 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 um, for the league this time. Um, it, it, the, the league was what Liverpool fans really wanted. If you look at last season, yes, uh, the Champions League was a great success. But then really that was just, um, if I can say, um, the next best thing to winning the league. Uh, understood, understood. Um, Simba, your thoughts? Yeah, I think I echo I echo most of the things that Verista said. There. I think coming in 192020, I I thought we were going to challenge, not 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 this for runaway leaders that we were. I think the way the season ended last year, Man City remained the favourites for me, and then I put us second. And then the teams just below us, you never knew what was going to happen. You know, the likes of uh, Spurs, United, uh, perhaps if Arsenal got their act together, and also Chelsea. With a new manager in Lampard, I, I thought they would probably challenge for you know fourth or fifth. So coming into the season, I'll be honest, I didn't think we we're gonna win it. I thought it was definitely a priority, like Everisso said. I think with the run we made in the Champions League, I thought we we're definitely gonna prioritize the league and have a good run in one or two of the other domestic competitions. So that was really my expectation coming into 2019. Okay, understood. For for me, I think like Everisto will echo my thoughts. Simba, uh, we don't really get to talk a lot of football together. We more talk about the NFL and doing fantasy trades and NBA and all that other stuff. But Everisto knew sure. uh, last season. I'd said when he asked me who I thought my I thought my top four would be. I actually said number one City slash Liverpool, number two Liverpool slash City, and I repeated the same thing. Um, this is and I won't talk about three and four because that doesn't count. But I really always thought you guys were going to challenge. As of winning the winning it this season, I didn't think that Liverpool had done enough in the summer transfer window. So I was a bit skeptical about what was going to happen. But you know, it has all sort of worked out um in a, in an amazing in an amazing way. But for me, my next question would probably be what would you say was the turning point for this Liverpool team um as a whole? Uh from being top four hopefuls to just like with a snap of a finger, becoming a Premier League contender. Uh, I don't know, is it a particular signing? Is it a shift in mentality? When do you think you personally noticed it? Um, I'll give my thoughts after you guys uh, have a bash. Simba, maybe you can start us off, then Evaristo goes after you. Sure. Yeah, so look, uh, I think the way the season started, we, we obviously started off winning 
all those games in a row. I, I still didn't think we were going to be front runners for the title back then. Uh, even even at the point when we started to get, you know, three six-point lead ahead of City, I, uh, you know, I was basing on the way Liverpool looked. We, we certainly weren't looking as convincing as we were last year. Mm-hmm. If you look at how the sort of wins we were getting, it was a lot of one nils. It was a lot of, um, uh, you know, like uh, tough games that were, you know, were really complicating ourselves. We didn't look like we had our offensive best as we were last year. But if I look at the game that, if I'm to say to the game that I started to believe that, guys, I think we can win this. this, this. It was further along the season, and I was, I was talking to other guys right now. It was that 4-0 that we won away at, at Leicester City. If you remember at the time, Leicester was also doing very well. I think they were second in the league. Um, I think they were maybe about six points or eight points behind us at the time. And mm-hmm. everyone was talking about, nah, this is Liverpool's first loss. Yeah. But we were superb in that game. I mean, I, I, I actually recorded the match and I watched it again just last week. We were superb. I mean, we dominated the game. I remember the commentators saying even at 4-0, it was, it was, uh, it was very kind on Leicester. Mm-hmm. So that was, to me, the best, the, our best performance of the whole season. I couldn't believe the way we played. We were so superb. Everyone was just fantastic. And that really that was a turning point for me in terms of believing that no, we are actually actually going to win this league. And that was your Boxing Day game, hey? I think it was. Yeah, and hence I said it was a bit further along in the season because mm-hmm. you know I I'm a I'm a cautious optimist, and I kind of said, look, even with this lead, you know, we're going to go into December, we're going to have injuries. I mean, remember Man City started off with quite a few injuries to some of their key players, and I always thought, look, if if the same happens to Liverpool, we could easily drop points. So as much as we were playing well, the performances were not convincing except for that 4-0 away at Leicester when I think the guys just just uh, found some extra gear and I thought, yeah, now this is us. Where we're moving. This is our title. Evaristo, go ahead. Right. So, um, okay, so, 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 so I'm going to answer your question in two ways. Um, in terms of us um, finally being contenders for the league, um, the, the the first thing I would say would, would would have been signings even going to before um the season. I think in, in recent history in, um, at Liverpool, no matter who our midfield and who our forward line has, has been, there's always been a cry: we need a central defensive midfielder, we need a CB, we need a goalkeeper. Um, so um, obviously starting off with 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 the signing of of of, of Fabinho, um. You know that, that 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 was integral. We had some de- a decent um, de- defensive presence in our um, in our midfield. Then the signings of Virgil Van Dijk and then um, um, the, the the goalkeeper Allison that really plugged um, holes for us because scoring goals hasn't been um, an issue for Liverpool in the recent past. It was contending them and and that really fixed us um, fix fix that for us. Now looking at this season itself. Um, early on, I said that um, I, I, I suspect Jurgen Klopp has some PTSD from all the times Liverpool has been close to glory and 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 they they, they haven't attained it. So even to this day, if you ask me now, I still don't think we're going to take the league. Um, I, 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 I I I believe in being cautious cautious at this point. Ask anyone that I talk to about football. Um, um, when we're still challenging for the for the for the treble. Um, people would ask me, hey, are you guys going to get the trouble? And my answer would always be, I don't think we're even going to get the league. So, <laughs> so all these games, you know, I don't think we're going to get it. <laughs> I think I think we need to to, to have um, a, healthy, a healthy dose of skepticism before the season's over. Mm. 
No, noted, noted. No, but for me personally, I think in terms of the team switching over from being top four uh, hopefuls to title contender and Everisto, I'm sure you remember that Friday night. I remember it. My heart broke. It was a Friday night around quarter to 10 where out of the blue, Liverpool announced that they have signed Fabinho. If you remember, mm-hmm. Richard, I called you that moment and I told you, yeah. this is the guy that's going to make you um, a star. Not because he's the best defensive midfielder in the world. I don't think he is. But I really think that was the one thing that was missing, especially because of how the team had played uh, the season prior to him coming in. And it's already, you can see how you guys kicked on from when he got his games. I think he started playing a bit late into the season. He was, he, yeah. he took a lot sure. of time to acclimatize into the side. And once he got in there a lot, he really looked solid. Um, and um, it looked like he was the guy to, to put it in. And of course, Alisson was there. Van Dijk was there. The front three, uh, the amazing front three was there. But I really think Fabinho was, for me, that one switch uh, that changed everything. And for this season, I think... Looking at your games, I think December was a very tricky period. If you guys remember, you had the Club World Cup and mm. you were coming back to facing Leicester, Liverpool and Sheffield United. And you had uh, Everton in the, in, uh, in the FA Cup in early January and Spurs as well. It was, it was a rough run. It was a rough run of games. Yeah. And the funniest thing for me was, and as much as I was still cautious, I, I didn't want, I don't want City to win. I just don't, I respect Pep Guardiola and everything he brings, but I just didn't want him to win three in a row because, you know, I still hold the Premier League as the best league in the world. And if he was to come and smash, smash it in that man, I would, you know, really leave a sour taste in my mouth. But looking at those games, for example, with you guys coming back to face Leicester 4-0, beating Wolves 1-0, beating Sheffield 2-0, beating Everton, even though it was FA Cup, 1-0, beating Spurs, 1-0, and then going on to beat Man U, 2-0. So yeah. that string of clean sheets, the dominant performances that I, I remember Wolves put in a big fight on the 29th of December, but the way that you guys just put away those sides, even though everyone is counting you out and t- talking about these guys are going to be tired, the legs, I really think for me that was the turning point in the season. And you know it was interesting to see how from there it just kept on getting better and better. Um, does anyone have anything to add before I move on to the next question? Yeah, if I can just throw in a few points there. Look, I, so I, I completely agree. I remember the Fabinho signing. I was over the moon. Um, in my Liverpool group, I kept on mentioning that uh, the gang, the gang impress uh, that Klopp was trying to Im- Im- adopt onto the team was missing a key yeah. defensive midfielder. We were always, always okay. found missing wanting in the middle. Like every single goal mm-hmm. we used to co- co- concede. The guys just used to cut us through the middle. Uh, I mean, no matter who we at that time, we were trying to play Lalana, Milner, Naldon, yeah, somebody who was trying to sit in that hole. But remember, Fabinho was signed at the beginning of 2018 2019 season, so mm-hmm. so yeah, he had a whole he, he sort of had that season before when he to me he just came in and he already was sitting the ground running. And I was just like, yeah, this, mm-hmm. this guy is what we needed. And and I think a couple a month or two later, he got his first call up into the Brazil team. So, I mean, his form was just, was just speaking for itself. So, completely agree. I'm a huge Fabinho uh, fan. And, uh, and, yeah, happy to have him in our team. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Thank you for that. I think um, my next thing would be, I know it's harsh to ask now that it hasn't happened, but did either of you guys think you guys would go undefeated? I'm an Arsenal fan. I'll say I, I knew no one, no one else is going <laughs> to go undefeated until... I, I, until the world ends, so I'm, I've just spoken my piece right there. <laughs> uh, 
I'll I'll let uh, Evaristo go first. Uh, no, no, not 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 in my wildest dreams. Um, the so, so after 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 the, the December congestion you were talking about, um, the, the, there was a point where I, when I where I did start start to believe, um, it 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 really looked like we were going to run the gauntlet. But uh, obviously, what what for had other had, had, had other ideas. Um, but, but then, I, but when I say that, um, I, I I do believe that it it the only reason why I thought it would work was um, with Klopp obviously not being serious about um, the, the 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 domestic cups. It, it, at one point, I thought it would have been possible for us to 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 to, to have a good run in the Champions League and also go undefeated in the season. But that came way later. That came in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that yeah, that 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 that, that came in twenty twenty. At one point, yeah, I did believe we could go, we 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 could go un, un, unbeaten. If I may say as well, I, I feel one of the reasons why we, we why we then failed to go undefeated was maybe because we, I I, I feel as, as the calendar turned towards twenty twenty, we, we 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 became a bit too overconfident. Um, if, if you see, for example, we, especially in defense, where we, we haven't been playing to our strengths recently. We have the best central um, defense, defender in the world in Virgil van Dijk, but he spends a lot of time attacking. Um, if you look, for example, at the theoretical um, game at, 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 at Anfield when we were beaten, um, for, for all the goals that we considered, Virgil van Dijk was simply not present because he was caught out attacking. I, I think maybe in his head he was really thinking about that balance draw, and he, he, he was seeking that that balance draw, and he forgot his core responsibility. Um, another issue, obviously, will be though. In my opinion, Trent Alex-Arnold is the best right back in the world right now. He, he simply can't defend. So um, if if he's trying to defend, and we have the best central defender in the world trying to trying to um, attack. It really exposed us. It really left us with um, um, with gaps, and we really looked like the Liverpool of old. We simply could not defend. So, um, yeah, if if we had been more pragmatic, if we had been more cautious, um, I think it could have been done. But no, not the way that we're playing defensively. Simba, oh, great point. I was hoping that we we could. Uh, Simba, running back, uh, we kind of lost you a little bit. Yes, uh, we had kind of lost you a little bit. You can uh, start it from the top. Uh, Evaristo, you still there? Yep. Okay, I'm just gonna try and see if I can get Simba back, uh, back on the on the line here. Sure. I'm reaching out to him as we speak. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think you you made a, a lot of good points in there um, about um, relaxation a little bit, especially in defense. Uh, I was actually joking with a couple of my friends t- talking about Virgil van Ramos, uh, yeah. especially in that January period where you always see Real Madrid attacking. Um, they would always Ramos would always be somewhere playing in a number ten sort of role, yeah. and if there's a cross that's coming in, he's running into the box. Virgil Van Dijk did actually adopt a few, uh, a few uh, those kind of positions a little bit. Uh, I think we've got Simba back. Simba, yes, okay, back. yeah, hear? loud and clear. Yeah, sorry, the app just said well, just no problem. No All right, problem. look, go ahead. I'll answer the question again from the top. 
So look, I I didn't think we could do it honestly. I, I hoped I hoped we could do it. I hoped we could at least extend into the 50s undefeated. Um, but like I said, our performances were just never convincing. I just I just didn't buy into we we can walk into any game and 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 win. I didn't see us losing to Watford, so I'll admit that. And when I looked at the fixture list, I kind of said, look, away to Man City is probably our toughest game that was left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then you, and then you kind of never know when you play away to, to Arsenal as an example. But then I always knew that, look, as we get closer to the end of the season, we start playing these teams that are in the relegation battle. We, we were going to be in for a fight. We were going to be in for, for, for people just playing uh, you know, for the sake of their careers. And, and the, further we got, if, uh, the further we got in the Champions League, I always thought Klopp, Klopp could rest. And I think the biggest worry I had was if we wrap up the season as early as it was looking. So if we if we won the season by 29, 30 games left or something, um, mm-hmm. there was always that risk that Klopp was now going to rest, Klopp was now going to rotate. And then I knew that, yeah, at that point, going undefeated is a, is a nice to have, mm-hmm. but was never going to be a priority of ours. Mm-hmm. So, so I was disappointed when that fixed yet Watford, uh, it hurt me. But then, you know, obviously, soon after, as I said, look, we, we've got the league pretty much wrapped up. And that was always the, the prize for us. No, I hear you. I hear you. Thank you for your contribution there. Um, and thank you for coming back to us as quickly as you did. I think my next question talks a little, it will touch a little bit on that to an extent, because I think uh, the underlining factor that you guys were mentioning were things to deal with fixture lists, uh, fixture congestion, and a lot about not seeing that dominance uh, over, over in the Premier League. But my question to you guys is, do you think over the past two seasons, and I'm, mini, I'm taking this season into consideration, so last season and this season, um, although I'm speaking in past tense a little bit, but forgive me for that, um, talking about the silverware opportunities, I feel Liverpool, and if Arisa knows this, I feel Liverpool could have built some form of a dynasty by focusing a bit more on the, uh, on the domestic cups um, last season and this season. Because last season you could have easily won at least two, and this season you could... Yes, you're still in the Champions League, but in one of the domestic cups, that could have easily been two at a minimum, two trophies at a minimum, including the league. Do you feel like you guys have missed opportunities to build some form of a domestic dynasty? Um, okay, I can jump into this one. Look, I sure, I, 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 think, I think there's always an opportunity for us to, to win as many trophies as we can. But, but I think, as Evaristo said, our, our, our prime objective was to win the league. Um, I think what, what kind of frustrated me with Klopp, and if you look at the other teams, is, uh, as much as I loved our youth play, I always felt we, we didn't select the best teams. My biggest frustration was whenever we were playing these cup competitions, it was a great opportunity for us to play the guys who were on our reserves bench first as opposed to the youth. I felt, yeah, mm-hmm. I felt some, some of the guys who were on our bench like uh, Shakiri, Origi, and uh, Minamino, and uh, even Matip and Lovren, you know, the guys who were not playing every week, they should have been given a chance to say, you know, for your fitness and for your, for your match sharpness, you're going to play these games. But Klopp, uh-huh. as, much, as much as I loved our youth, you know, we've got some really exciting guys down there. But I thought Klopp would, would be too quick to play the youth and not give these guys a chance, which, which always put us on the back foot. So I would have loved that we go into a game away to Shrewsbury, whatever, and we've got uh, five, six first-team players, even though they're they're from our bench, and then have yes. five, six youth guys. Um, so as soon as Klopp started playing the youth, as soon as Klopp started started playing these other things, I think it, it kind of spoke volumes about where our priority was. 
prior to us, all the eggs were in the basket for, for the league title. And, and, and I think in some of the groups I'm part of, we were actually split in the middle that a lot of guys were saying, you know what, I think Klopp is, yes. is maybe hoping or, or, or Klopp actually doesn't care, if that's the right word, if we get knocked out of these domestic cups because then we, mm-hmm. we, we've got less distractions. Uh, the same can oh, be said yeah, about obviously the Champions League, but, but I mean, that was the view from a domestic cup uh, point of view. Perspective, okay. Uh, interesting yeah. thoughts there, Maristo. Um, right, yeah. So, so I totally agree with Simba um, with regards to our team sheets um, in in in, um, in the domestic cups. Now, um, the the way I feel though is that um, you know, us us playing a, a better quality players, us us fielding a better squad would only have worked if the the the, the, the if 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 the manager believed that we could challenge for those cups. I, I I've really been given the impression over the last couple of seasons that. Um, if Klopp is given an, an, an objective, you'll go after that um, that objective, and he won't even be bothered to try for 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 for, for anything else. Um, it, it it might be caution. Um, it it might just be be, be hard headedness. But um, I, I I've just decided to resign myself to the fact that that's how um our um, our manager is. Now having 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 said that, um, you know I do I do trust Klopp a lot. You know, um, in in the four in the four seasons leading up to us winning the the, the Champions League, there were rumblings, there were um, people speaking underground about how we had a four-year plan for how ever since Klopp um, got to, to to Liverpool would have four you would have four years for him to start winning um, um, silverware, and he did that. Um, the same thing last season when we had that bad run of games was it in January February where um, we had a couple of draws and then we eventually lost the. The, the, the league to Man City. Klopp said again, next season we will go again, and we did go again, and um, we 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 are so close to winning the um, the, the league. Now, um, with Klopp having recently signed an extension on his contract, um, he has said that the reason why he wants to say is because he wants to win as much silverware as possible. Um, he wants to get us to a point where we're going to forget over the next um, four-year period when we won what um, and when what we won exactly. And and because of Klopp's track record over the last four and a half seasons, I believe that he is a man of his, his word. He will follow through on things. Um, I, I, I do believe um, a, a, a treble is a possibility in the near future. Um, a, a double is definitely a, 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 um, attainable. But I think the important thing with, with Liverpool is considering where we've come all the time, we, all the times we've come so close and 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 silverware slipped away. Um, pragmatism, cautiousness is the is, is the order of the day, and we we won't be able to escape that. Simba, any contribution before I, I have my say? No, no, no. He's he, he's spot on. Um, I think it's, it's <laughs> he, nothing to debate about that. I think Klopp was given timelines, and Klopp had a, had a plan to say, listen, we first year so obviously get get rid of Deadwood and start bringing in players, start embedding his sort of tactics, his transfers, get the players that he needs. Yes. Uh, so no, I totally, mm-hmm. totally echo everything that every researcher said. No, you know, I, I usually debate him, but I don't know why on WhatsApp he's not, his, his WhatsApp fingers are not as efficient as, <laughs> as his mouth right now. He's really like silenced me. I usually have a thousand things to say to him about um, going for, for these cups and all of that. But I think it makes, it makes perfect sense. But you spoke of something interesting. It wasn't part of my questions, but you mentioned about how Klopp has renewed for four years. Steven Gerrard has renewed for four years. I know there was a bit of a rumor. It's far off. 
I know, I understand. Forgive me. But I have to ask, do you think there's something there? Four years from now, Klopp says, bye-bye, I'm living on a high, and Stevie G comes in? Um, I, 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 I believe so. I mean, it, it has to happen, doesn't it? Um, it's, it's, it's just... You, you look at Solskjaer and Manchester United, you look at Lampard and Chelsea, it, it has to happen at, 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 um, at, at, at some point. It's, 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 it's destiny. Simba? Yeah, so I'm a bit torn on this one. So, yes, I agree that I think, I think Gerard is, I don't know, maybe being groomed, or at least is certainly an option for, for the next chapter after Klopp. But the question then I ask is around, is he the right person? Um, I've actually been trying to follow some of the Rangers games, particularly the ones they played in Europa. Uh, what I like about Gerard is he's still got the same passion. He's still got the same uh, dedication to the game. Um, I like the way he does his press conferences. Like the guy is still, he's still straight to the point. You can see the guy has taken charge. But I'm still not yet convinced about his tactical uh, readiness. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah. and, and I mean, uh-huh. look, he's still got time on his hands. He can still learn from the best. Um, I think it was a fantastic opportunity to, to, for him to be coach of Rangers. But I think the question is still around, is he going to be the one? I mean, um, I think under all circumstances, you know, the likes of Lampard have done well. Uh, so I would, you know, I would still want to see Gerard being given the role, but I, I still question whether it's the right time. But I mean, a lot of this can be addressed around who, who are going to be his support structure. If he comes in and he's got the great people around him, you know, the, his assistant managers, if we can have from a, from a continuity point of view, we, we have some of the assistant mm-hmm. managers from Klopp staying on board, then I think, uh, you know, then we've got that opportunity to say, okay, then yes, great. Uh, I mean, Gerard is my all-time favorite Liverpool player. So I think it's a great opportunity. I think he'll certainly recruit the right people. It's the same people will still be engaged around. Yeah, we, we, we live up as a big club. Jared is a manager. But let's, let's give him time. Let's give him time to, you know, to, to wet his feet, uh, cut his teeth there at ranges, uh, get tested, and then we can have an assessment around, okay, do we bring him in or do we perhaps need to bring him in in an in a assistant manager role or are we prepared to say, nah, there's enough foundation that's been done. Bring in Jared. If it fails, we, we cut him early and then we bring in someone more established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he goes on in the next four years, trying to just dismantle that Celtic dominance in the Scottish League yeah. and seeing how far he can take his team in the Europa League. I've watched a couple of games like Simba in the Europa League uh, by mistake, actually, but uh, found out that he's. I love his substitution, his substitutions. He's always seemed to come back. I think in the last round against the Portuguese team, I forgot who they were playing. He's had some very good substitutions. So, yeah, let's see how it goes over the next four years. I guess four years is a lot uh, of time to see what happens. But the good thing, with, I think what Jürgen Klopp is bringing to your side is you guys are going to be where you belong, which is a top, top-tier champion, European team. And you, who knows, maybe Nagosman might walk in as Klopp walks out. And But I think you you'll have the... If Klopp does walk out at some point, you guys will have um, the cherry picking of all the top managers at that point in time, I, I assume, yeah. if things do continue the way they are. Sure. Yeah. So just to, in, in one of my other questions was, um, you know, um, obviously just to look at the transfer market. I know we don't even know when the transfer market is going to be. We don't even know how long it's going to be with the corona. Sure. But before it all ended, what did you think Liverpool needed in the transfer in this coming summer? Should they even dip into the market? Or are you, or is there 
that one extra player who can make everything come together? Uh, okay, happy to go first on this one. So, look, I think we've got, honestly, we've got nine, nine and a half out of ten of the pieces that we need. I think the one rumor and the one debate that doesn't go away is around uh, a number nine striker. Now, I am mm-hmm. I am quite probably Firmino's biggest fan. You know, I love everything that Roberto Firmino brings to the team. I, I, I actually call him the, the puppet master of, of our whole offense. But I think just that the one one sort of concern that you might have around Firmino is just him being consistently finding the goals. I mean, there was a lot lot made this season about him not scoring at Anfield, scoring away from home only, et cetera, et cetera. So perhaps there's a chance to say, look, you might want someone who comes in, maybe not to replace Firmino, but to 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 push Firmino to say, listen, if you if your form dips, get someone who can come into that role as number nine. Um that may be something that I might look into. I'm really scared of of taking out Firmino and bringing in someone who solely focuses on scoring goals because if you look at what Firmino brings into the Liverpool team right now, he's absolutely critical. It's his all-round game. Yeah, it's absolutely critical when it comes to uh, just his pressing. So if you see that pressing starts with him, if you see how he's the one who coordinates the runs, he's the one who's superb in finding the right balls for Salah, for Mane, even for the guys who are cutting in from the wingbacks. Now, if you take that out of the team and you say, now nah, we want an out-and-out striker, a guy who just who's a poacher, who just scores, I'm scared we're going to lose more than we're going to gain. So that's just a one challenge. Look, I'm, I'm happy if we bring in someone who's who bench. I, I feel right now, even the likes of Origi, you know, with all respect to him, I think they don't give Firmino that much impetus or that much fear to say, listen, your, your, um, your, your position is under threat. So maybe bring in someone who's going who's gonna to be in that role. I mean, there's a lot of rumors circulating about that, uh, that Red Bull striker that we're going to bring him in. You know, um, I think we are. Timo Werner. Yeah, I think we are going to bring in Werner, uh, to be honest with you. I think that there's a lot of smoke there. I think we are looking to bring him in. But even if we do bring him in, I'm really skeptical about him coming in and we bench Firmino. Perhaps there's an there's opportunity to drop Firmino into the number 10 role. I don't know. That's something we could we could, we could yeah. unpack. But I also think, just to answer your question, is you know I am I am missing someone. I, okay, I feel we haven't replaced what we lost with Philippe Coutinho. Uh, sure, we had to sell the guy. The money offer was great. Uh, the guy's attitude was wrong for the club. But I don't think we've replaced uh, a creative midfielder who can shoot from outside the box and who can who can be who can excel in that number ten role. So if anything, I would like to bring in someone who can say, right, this is a fixture for someone who's going to sit in the and we're just going to, he's going to start our offense, feed in the and he's going to distribute some midfield of uh, Henderson, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum, or whether it's, it's Milner. I think it's a very, it's all those three people sort of perform the same role. You know, it's a safe midfield. I know they're hardworking guys, excellent at pressing, excellent at recycling the ball. But then we, we, we lack that creativity. We like people who can say, listen, it's not it's not working by just feeding money and Salah. We need someone who, who can shoot from the box. You know, I mean, it's a different sort of proposition to the defense, right? So that's the one role which I would mm-hmm. say I would, I would gladly want to bring in someone. Uh, I think that person was supposed to be a navigator, but obviously he's, he struggled with the injuries. He struggled with his form. But we just need someone who's, who comes in to say, right, this is a fixture which needs uh, more creativity from the midfield. Right, this person starts. Or if we start with Henderson, Fabinho, and and and, uh, and Oxlade, and we feel that's not working, then we can mm-hmm. bring in this person. 
page to say, right, guys, we're shooting from outside the box. Uh, you're looking to thread that that uh, assist through the eye of a needle, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the those are the two key roles for me. I think we've been we've been exceptional in our form simply because we've kept the team together. So I'm not a big fan of bringing in two, three people to go into the first team. Uh, the chemistry would just be ruined. Uh, sorry, sorry for talking a lot, there, Jeremy. <laughs> No, 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 no worries. And and before you go ahead, Everisto, Simba, two names on the second type of player you say you think uh, could come in. Um, I was closing my eyes when you were speaking, not because I was dozing off, but just trying to see, uh, just to, to serenade myself in what you were saying. Uh, Jack Grealish um, made, made, and uh, James Madison sounds like what you were saying would be that creative player who can still shoot from outside the could box. Be. Uh, Am I off no, the no, mark? No. Yeah, 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 I think you're on the right track. Um I would certainly prefer Madison. Uh, I, I mean, I've been a huge Madison fan. Over Grealish? I, I've been a huge Madison fan ever since he came in. I, 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 I just enjoy the way he plays the game. Like, I, I feel he's a guy who, who looks to create as opposed to grab the headlines. I feel, I feel Grealish mm-hmm. is, is performing well because he's in a team, you know, surrounded by, you know, average players, to be honest with you. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel he's obviously the guy who has to take all the free kicks, all the corners, everything goes through Grealish. So he's, he's, you know, he's getting those headlines. But if you look at Leicester, uh, they've got a superb team. You know, they've got a superb team. But I think if you watch that game and you look at how Madison plays, he actually reminds me quite a bit of Coutinho. Like, I feel he's a guy who's, who's who, you know, who's begging for the ball. Every time they're running the ball, he's, he, you know, he, he takes a glance left and right, and then he asks for the ball because he's already seen two, three passes ahead of you, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, he's superb, dead ball. He is outside the box. He's a problem. Uh, there were a lot of rumors, I think it might be two years ago, which people were saying, hey, Grealish, Grealish might, might need to move into a top four team top four team. Uh, but of course, Leicester uh, were asking for 60, 75 bar or something. So for, from a personal point of view, I'm a huge James Madison fan. Um, I enjoy the way he plays the game. Uh, nothing against Grealish. Uh, I think he's having a fantastic season. But of those two names you've mentioned, I, I would go for Madison. Evaristo, uh, who, who between the two, I know you haven't given us your answer, but who between the two do you think would be a more suitable number 10, Grealish or Madison for, for Liverpool? You, you, you know, that is, it's, it's a very hard um, um, question to answer because um, Jack Grealish, number, we, we, we've only really known him for one season. Um, but then number two, Madsen seems to have dropped form um, recently. Sure. He's, he's sure. not scoring and he's not assisting as much as he, as, 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 as he was before over recent months. So it's actually a really, a, 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 a really hard question to answer. Um, you, you, you know, um, being a Liverpool supporter, you'd want to, 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 to give too many props to Manchester United, but um, I, I would want a Bruno Fernandes. Obviously, we can't get Bruno Fernandes <laughs> okay. right now, okay. but I, I would want a Bruno Fernandes, someone we know who will fall right into the team and will start throwing in those, those assists. Um, and, and I'm not 100% sure um, um, either Madison or Grealish will be able to provide that from, from day one. Okay, understood. And uh, back to the to the main question. Sorry for taking you off track. What do you think Liverpool should should you even dip into the window? If you do, what what should be picked up? Yeah. So um, there's no point in me. I'm repeating what well, what Simba said. I think Simba hit the nail on the head with regards to um um and 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 the central creative attacking midfielder. Um, there are two other areas I wanted to point out for point out 
for its support type though. I, I believe we could dip into the market for uh, another CD. Um, my opinion is um, with the, what I was talking, what I was saying earlier on about how Virgil van Dijk has been more adventurous, um, you know, running to the opposition box for headers and so on, is he has left our defence um, a bit exposed. And um, last few months, I, I have come to think that I don't think um, Gomez and Matip are as good as we thought they are. I think they have looked um, good because they had their partner so he could cover for them. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind. Um, well, I wouldn't mind selling Lovren. Maybe Matip. Um, maybe getting a, 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 another world class CB to pair with um, with, with Virgil Van Dijk. It would also allow him to be as adventurous as he wants to be and go off chasing that um, Ballon d'Or in the Sergio um, um, Ramos Ramos role. So maybe a Koulibaly. Um, I wouldn't mind a Koulibaly, but I mean the reality is there have been no no such rumors. Might be um, me dreaming a lot. Um, the second area that I'm thinking about is in, in terms of squad depth. If we are going to go for trophies, if we're going to go for multiple trophies in your season, we need squad depth. Um, there already are rumors of people like Lalana, um, Lovren being dissatisfied with the team and wanting to move on. Um, and, and even if they stay, um, we, we need a left winger slash um, left um, midfielder. We need a left back. Um, we could do with with, with a decent CB. Um, Lovren has served us so well over, over the years, but he, he has shown in recent times that he's simply unreliable. Um, the Atletico game at 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 um, Enfield has shown that um, um, our um, our second choice goalkeeper, so his name has skipped my mind. Simba. Hello, James. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, was that question? To you? So, uh, uh, yes. I, I think uh, you've mentioned a, a very good uh, point. There. Sorry, you were saying? No, no I, was, I was saying, um, please remind me, our second choice goalkeeper, his name has skipped my mind. Um, the Spanish, the Spanish, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Adrian, Adrian. Adrian. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the physical game at Anfield has shown us that Adrian is not good enough um, considering the heights that we want to, to reach. So we, we need to invest in, um, in depth. Um, yes, um, it's, it's it's a nice fantasy. It's, it's, it's great for us to be to, to be playing the young lads um, in domestic trophies, but I I have shown that that is simply not sustainable. If you want to challenge for trophies, you have to have decent skills you can bring in. Um, if you want to challenge for multiple trophies, yes. All right. Okay. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I, I, I won't comment much, but I really, I thought uh, I'm really happy Evaristo is uh, agreeing about the number nine because for the past three years, I've been telling him that a number nine needs to come in. I don't know, like Simba has uh, correctly said, does he start over Firmino? Is he a super sub off the bench? What role would that be? But I'm happy that Timo Veno will be coming. I'm not very happy because it means you guys are going to dominate the league for longer and my Arsenal will still be fighting for 7-8. But it will be very good for the game and uh, seeing what Klopp can do with someone of that mould. Uh, but my final question before we wrap it up, but it's been a very enterprising conversation. Thank you so much for joining me, gents. Uh, would be, how do you think, you know, just to talk about the coronavirus, how should the season be decided if we don't get an opportunity to see the ball being kicked again in the Premier League? Um, look, um, look. I, I think the the first thing is, guys. I think we can't run away from the fact that this is an this is an issue that involves human life. So, I I know we all love soccer, but at the end of the day, we, we, 
So anything that's going to put players, fans, um, anyone in danger of um, in danger, uh, if that means that we have to 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 to, to, to avoid the season altogether, so that we just have to come to to um to to um to peace with. Um, I, I say that um with, with the knowledge that you know the, the the Premier League will never um haphazardly just void the, the 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 season simply because of the financial implications. Um, my understanding is if, if if the season ends earlier than it was supposed to be, many of these teams are going to have to return money that they receive for sponsorship TV deals and so on. So these guys will do the best that they can to 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 to, to continue the season. Um, there obviously has been news about them having a World Cup style tournament um, um, in, in, in May or June, um, and, and then teams playing, you know, a couple of games in a week and so on. Um, obviously, the teams have been have, have, um, have been against that. You know, if, if it doesn't work, I mean, we, we we can't run away from it. There's an issue of human life. If, if the league needs to be voided, then so be it. But do you want the title? Do you want do you want the crown? Or are you saying you kick on again? Of course, of, of course, we want the title. But once again, I mean, if it's an, an issue of human life, but because um, my, my my very limited research into this means that um, all twenty Premier League teams are going to have to sit down and agree on on, on whatever um, way the the, the 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 league is going to be finished. Um, are we even going to get enough votes for 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 for, 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 for the other teams to, to say, okay, no, it's fine, let's hand Liverpool the title? Okay, and then if that's the case, what does that mean for the top four? Um, there's there the, 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 the were teams that are making decent comebacks, most most notably Manchester United, who if the league had not been ended at this point could have been in the top four already. What does that mean for them? What does that mean for teams battling relegation? Um, the way I see things, the 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 best way I see things, it might just just be just to leave things. Obviously, the heart wants the league, but we we have to be realistic about the situation on the ground. No, oh, thank you, thank you for for that, Simba. Your go. Yeah, so uh, slightly a uh, slightly different view, but but I think it, we're saying the same thing. So. Maybe before I start, I think one thing I've appreciated is if you look at Liverpool, who obviously have the most to gain if if we are awarded the title. One thing that I've really liked coming out of Liverpool is we we haven't been, uh, you know, our official uh, council, official spokespeople haven't been mentioning that. We've been focused on, guys, the most important thing here is the preservation of life. The most important thing is people stay indoors. We must help. We must do everything we can. Uh, if you look at the people who are making noise, it was, you know, the likes of that uh, Karen Brady lady from West Ham, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's people who are obviously trying to avoid relegation and so forth. So I think we've avoided putting ourselves in a position of saying, look, we've obviously got the most to gain and we want the season, whatever happens, title. I think there's a few factors that come into play. I think we've, we've played 28, 29 games, whatever, of the season. Uh, we've, we've progressed so far down the season that I think, I think the option of, of simply voiding the, 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 what you have, what's happened so far is, should, to me, should be third or the fifth option. What I would say as a first option is the, the clubs, and, and at least what I'm hearing from the clubs who are having this meetings around, what do we need to do to, to finish the season? Uh, that is the first question that the guys are answering when they have these telecons. And I think, and I think all this is in mind for the fact that, look, there's a, there's a pandemic going on, so we can't just say, right, let's play the game, open up the season. What I think will most likely happen, and what I probably agree with most, mostly, is that we must, 
we must try to finish the season uh, and it will probably happen behind locked doors. It's a case of where we're going to say the, the Euro, Euro has been moved by a year. I saw this morning they've cancelled all the internationals. Uh, it looks like all the all the mm -hmm. companies for UEFA and for, for, for Europa are also going to be cancelled. So that gives us time. And also the second point that I'm saying is, or what a lot of people have been asking is, is there actually a rush that we must start next year's season in August, September? There actually isn't. There's no need for you to to say, look, we, we want to start next season by August, September. So if the season doesn't begin by June, July, it's, it's null and void. Because if, if you think about it, if we look a bit into the future, um, Qatar, the next World Cup, I think is going to happen in December. So what guys are actually starting to, to unpack is around, actually, this could be an opportunity for us to revise our footballing calendars so that when we get to Qatar in, in 2022 in December, it, it doesn't happen in the middle of our season. It could happen at the end of at the end of a season, and then people go to the World Cup as we usually do, and then perhaps this is this is a checkpoint to say, hey, maybe let's revise our our season and seasons now start in in like February as an example, um, and then and then they end in uh, October, and then people have a break, and then you have the World Cup because this also solves the problem around the hectic winter break. People are not playing in in the hectic months of December. People are not going to their families, so perhaps it's that opportunity. So if I am to answer your question, frankly, I want the season to end. I think you need to find a solution which says without endangering people's lives, without endangering the lives of the players, is there any way we can solve the season? And I think to me, uh, what are we now? We're beginning of April. I think there's a, there's a discussion mm -hmm. that can be had to say, okay, guys, we're giving everyone until even, even if it's the end of May to say we're giving everyone until the end of May and clubs should have quarantined their players, clubs should have uh, done whatever it needs so that players are ready to resume. So if it's if it's house training, if it's uh, short periods, whatever, but we're resuming at the end of May. And because all the other competitions have ended, you can actually now play two games a week, right? So now you can actually say we, we, there's no other competitions. We're going to cancel League Cup. We're going to cancel FA Cup. There's no more Champions League. We're going to play two games a week uh, behind closed doors. And then you play these games uh, behind closed doors. You simply get to the end of the season and then you decide yeah, promotion, Champions League, etc. Because it, it, I feel the questions that could come out by cancelling or, or ending the season now, I, I think the legal ramifications are so hectic that nobody wants to deal with that. I mean, who gets promoted? Who gets relegated? Uh, who goes into Champions League? Who gets the money? If you guys are saying, nah, simple, we end the season the way it is right now, uh, there's going to be uproar. So you, you want to find a point which says, let's get to a, a, a stake in the ground which says, right, either the season has ended, or if you're saying, maybe let's play up until everyone has played 34 games, whatever the case may be, let's get to that point and all the league have to agree. And in fact, I think the rule is uh, only majority of the clubs have to agree. So I think you need 14 out of 20 clubs to agree. And then, they, and then that's the way forward. Uh, I, I think, I think Liverpool. It, it, you know, obviously, I'm speaking from 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 the heart here, but it would be such, it would be so hectic, so disrespectful, and unbelievable if if Liverpool doesn't get the title, which, uh, quite frankly speaking, we deserve right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I think I think you've both both articulated very critical points, and I think uh, you've both also agreeing uh, on the fact that. This is a pandemic and obviously human lives 
matter um, at this moment above everything, everything else. Uh, but if I'm to speak, essentially when when everything happened and the league had to be stopped, for me, my main uh, my main thought was, you know what, you are what you are. Um, if you're sitting in 18th today, there's no you can't put your hand up and say, but the guy that's above me. For example, with what for with Bournemouth can't complain and say, but they only have a plus one goal difference better than us, and we all have twenty seven points. But you are what you are. If you are ninth today, you are ninth. You know if. But obviously, you're speaking about a lot of legal ramifications, a lot of who's going to eat the TV money because that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing right now. Yes. Uh, besides the legal ramifications, so it's a very tough conversation that's going to be had. But my hope is whatever they decide, even if they decide, okay, let's all get to 32 games. Those are 29 games. They play three more games um, behind closed doors or so on and so forth, or do what everybody's just talking about the World Cup style, going into a certain part, into a certain city. I think they're talking about the north of, of England. Going there, each team must have its own hotel, um, and then they only meet in the, uh, at the matches and so on and so forth. I think that's that's not a bad idea as well. But I think the most important thing is whatever resolution that happens. I personally think Liverpool, at the end of the day, must lift their trophy uh, because the gap, um, everything, everything just speaks to them being champions. And anything besides that will cause a lot of uproar, um, even though it's just from one section of, of, of fans and the media. Uh, but I really think that the champions must be crowned. We cannot have a season B now of null and void. That's, for me, that's an unstarter. I, I know none, neither of us sits in these meetings, but I, I hope that common sense prevails and they all preach no ways and league can be null and void. Um, and let's find a solution that works. If it's a couple of games more, if there's no games, okay, how do we, you know, because I've heard some rumors we're talking about, okay, bring the two best championship sides. Let's have 22 teams in the league for the upcoming season, but crown Liverpool in top four goals as it is. There's a lot of things that have been said, even from credible sources, um, some journalists in the Athletic, mm. TV pundits and so on and so forth. But I really think nobody knows how it's going to end. But for me, my one hope is Liverpool get their crown um, and then we take it from there because it would be very, very unfair and damaging um, I actually had a bad dream the other day. Liverpool didn't get the title and they say that they won't play uh, in the Premier League. Um, it's just a bad dream. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think the most important thing is a solution must be found where people are not endangered, first and foremost. But secondly, and most uh, secondly and uh, very importantly, Liverpool must get their crown. Um, that's that's my closing statement. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on Composure in the Box. Sure. Um, it's been a thrilling, a thrilling Thanks, chat. Man, yes. uh, hopefully, one day you guys will come back and want to have um, a chat more, uh, some more. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Simba, what have you done with those tickets to the UK? You wanted to go to the parade. It's yeah, still valid. so I was, I was, I was, I was and... no, no, no. So I was, I was. You can only apply for your visa three months before the departure. So I was, I was literally on the final steps of applying for the visa. So fortunately, I hadn't, I hadn't made any payment or anything. Like that lose anything so so look the option is still there to say okay if, so we if, can still season resumes okay. and uh and we're going ahead the option is still there to say yeah just pick it up and go but uh man i was set on it i i was set on it uh i'm going so yeah uh, i know you were eager i know you were eager but anyways if it doesn't happen that you go let's uh buy me a bottle of our expensive whiskey eh? Uh, no problem. If we win the title, if we get it. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, look, my yeah, my, but... my closing statement, sorry, is is obviously I'm I'm hoping we avoid getting the title with an asterisk. You know, I'm hoping we don't 
get awarded this trophy and then they say, ah, look, the season is ended, but uh, we're giving the title to Liverpool and it's going to have that asterisk because uh, it, it won't be the same. We get that and, you know, people are always going to be like, ah, you never won it fairly. Ah, you did this and this. Ah, it just won't feel the same. And I mean, to be honest, the way that the league is so competitive, we, we could never, we probably, you know, we're probably going to wait another long time, you know. So, so literally, it's either we win it fair and square or, or I'm not too convinced that I want it, you know, um, from my point of view. Mm. Yeah. Interesting point there. Have you anything in closing? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I agree with, 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 with um, you, you, with, um, with, with the districts. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we, we won the league. You know, if, it's, if it's possible, let's finish, let's finish our 38 games. Um, let's play them properly. My, my only worry is that you know, the asterisk already is there. You know, people haven't taken risks for so long. Um, friends come back tomorrow and say, good, yeah, um, you know, for us, you can say, ah, well, we we we, we had been un, un, undefeated this whole calendar year until until the coronavirus came along. So during that break, we then came back and then we lost such and such. My worry is that we've already reached the the the, the asterisk stage, but I mean, we 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 will see. Let's hope that they make the best decision for football yeah, and for human life. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, it's been a pleasure hanging with you guys, uh, and uh, thank you so much for sacrificing you. Thanks. Fifty-seven and thirty-five seconds. With thank me. you very much for having us. Thank you. Mm. All right. uh, goodbye, gents. Cheers.